0: The
1: Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois, and by Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving the Chicagoland area. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 the score's hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck.
0: Welcome into yet another special edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. And with me, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 the score. Jay, I know we promised our listeners kind of a review of what the Blackhawks have done this offseason and the. Uh, uh, NHL draft and free agency and then they went and traded Henry Okaharu today <laughs> so we decided that this would probably be a good edition of the podcast to do on why exactly they gave up on their 2017 first round pick before we get to that though Jay how are you doing tonight
1: I'm doing great just got back from uh Addy had a double header for all-stars today and they tied one game and they won the second game so it was an eventful night for the Homewood Heat. That's why we're podcasting so late. As I was driving out to Evergreen Park, that's when the trade happened. So unfortunately, couldn't react immediately like we like to do. But anyway, here we are. All right. So for those that missed the news, the Blackhawks traded uh, Henry Yokoharu, their, I would say, undisputed top prospect to the Buffalo Sabres for winger Alex Nylander, one of their higher prospects as well. Um, the knock on Kneelander is that he's got high end skill, but his work ethic has been in question. So basically he's a kneelander. <laughs> <laughs> his dad was kind of that way. His brother is kind of that way. And, uh, and Alex himself is probably of the three seemingly the least motivated. And I know that's not a great thing. And I know that sometimes guys that struggle with an organization, they can be dogged by, rumor and mistruth. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Stan Bowman didn't seem too concerned about it, but I want, here's one thing I want to mention before we get too deep. And I I don't, I, I don't want this to sound like I'm talking down to our audience, but for those of you that don't know how journalism works and how sources work, I'm going to explain something to you. So for me to get some of the stories I've broken um, like the Calvin DeHaan trade and the fact that the Hawks are going to break a center or draft a center and the things that have gone on for a couple years, there are, are sort of understandings with sources where there are things they'll tell you that you can use and there are things they'll tell you that you can't use. So now that this trade is done, I can tell you that there were people in the Hawks organization who were looking at Henry Okaharu. And seeing a guy who is decent at a lot of things, not really great at anything, and they felt like maybe now was the time to maximize the return before the rest of the league caught on. Obviously, when a source tells me that, they don't want me to put that out there because it diminishes the trade value of the player. Okay, So if I tweet that or I say it on a podcast... And then it gets retweeted by the wrong person or the right person, however you want to look at it, and the Sabres or the Red Wings or whoever the Hawks might be talking to get wind of that, it can reduce the trade value of that player. Okay, so this is something I've been told for a couple months that I was told, please don't say anything, but this is the reality with Henry Okaharu. I don't agree. With that analysis, I think Yokoharu looked like a very solid top four, not a superstar. And we talked about that throughout. That's why we wanted the Hawks to take Bowen Byram, because we felt that he was a franchise kind of defenseman. And while Yokoharu was very solid, he was not that. Yokohariu was to Nicholas Jalmerson, while Bowen Byram was to Duncan Keith. But I just wanted to get that out of the way um, before we move on. So this trade did not catch me as off guard as I think maybe it did some other people. I just uh, wanted to be clear on why I couldn't say these things before today, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, you obviously you probably heard me scoffing a couple of times while you were talking about the the fact that you weren't allowed to say anything about Henry Okaharu. You weren't kind of allowed to talk about the reasons that the Blackhawks as an organization may have been kind of souring on him a little bit. The fact like when you said like he's a expert of many trades, but wasn't quite like the top guy at any of them. It's like, you know what? That's fine for a late first round pick. Like, what exactly are you expecting? Are you expecting him to be in Adam Bo- like style offensive defenseman. Are you expecting him to be like this level of like defensive ability that would make him a top two defenseman? I think that's a real, that's not a realistic thing to put on a guy that's supposed to be like a top two or three defenseman on your team. I think if he's a guy that can be serviceable to good in multiple areas, especially if he can be serviceable to good on offense and then on defense. I think that's perfectly fine, and it's one of the things that I've thought about a lot with this trade where I'm like, okay, Jay has a really good point. That he's not particularly elite, especially like on the offensive side of things. Like, I completely understand why you kind of want to clear the runway a little bit for Adam Boquist to maybe like have a shot to make this team out of training camp. And we're, I'm sure, going to talk about that yeah. in this podcast. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what's wrong with having a well rounded guy who may not be the top guy in your system in a particular skill set? but it's so good at multiple things. Like I don't get this idea of giving up on him now after only two seasons and less than a half season of NHL experience. And for a guy in Alex Nylander, who I'm not overly enthused about what he brings to the table. I think that I hate to say this. Like, I don't want to be Mr. Pessimist, Mr. I'm going to like downplay everything that Stan Bowman does. But when I look at this trade, I look at it as a little bit of a panic move of a guy that you wanted to get rid of just so badly that you were willing to take what I would say is a subpar package to get rid of him, and I think the Blackhawks' yeah. lack of patience can end up biting him here a little See, bit.
1: and that's the thing. Regardless of how you feel about this trade, and again, could Alex Nylander break out in Chicago? Absolutely. It can happen. And could the Hawks be right about Henry Okaharu? Hell yes, they could be. I just I don't know. I'm not a scout. I'm not a, a general manager or anything like that. So these guys see excuse me, these guys see things that I don't, and I'm willing to admit that. However, everyone that watched Yokoharu play last year saw promise and saw a guy like, Okay, this looks like an NHL defenseman. And again, maybe it's their version of Calvin Dehan. Maybe it's their version of Nicholas Jalmerson. Either way. That's a solid pick. Like you said, for a late first-round pick, if you got a guy who can play 20 minutes a night and help on both ends and help on all units, that's a solid pick. It doesn't have to be a superstar. And even if you are one of the people that's not a fan of Yokoharu, and one of my sources I talked to today said, I don't hate the trade. I don't hate that we traded him. I just hate that the package in return was so small. This is your top defenseman. This is the guy you've been hyping as the next guy to come up in your system and all you get in return is an unproven uh kind of a aloof not really sure what to make of the guy prospect and again he's got the pedigree michael nylander is a really good player um why am i blanking on his brother's name jesus william william nylander of course is a really good player but it doesn't mean alex is going to be right well gwayne gretzky's brother brent sucked (laughs) it's it's not an automatic ticket to greatness so what you're
0: saying is Keith Seabrook was not a top two (laughs) defenseman
1: in the NHL no he was not um but it's I don't know I just I would have liked a bigger return I would have liked a bigger return but what, what has struck me is the I don't know if I've seen Hawks fans this mad in a long time like I there's a lot of people like this is the last straw and Bowman should be fired tomorrow and Like we just said, and I'll speak for myself, I liked what I saw from Henry Yokoharu, but there's nothing I saw that makes me think that this trade is an absolute bust, that there's no way this works out for the Hawks. I've not seen enough from Yokoharu to say that, but I do wish they would have gotten a little bit more for, again, their top, their highest touted guy.
0: Okay, so, like, that's a reasonable take. Like, you don't think that there's enough evidence in either case for Yokoharu or Nylander to say that this is 100% a bust. The Blackhawks were stupid for doing this. Right. But I think that plays into exactly why I don't like the trade. Mm -hmm. Do you know, like, you literally, Jay, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to speak for you here a little bit. Please correct me if I'm wrong. You have said... For years, that it's so difficult to develop an NHL defenseman, and there's such a big learning curve, and it takes them so long to develop the skill sets that they need to be successful at the NHL level, especially on the defensive side of the puck. And I feel like that's exactly where Yokoharu still needed to get some skill and to get some ability is to learn those types of things about the game. And to me. Doing this 40 games into his NHL tenure or whatever exact number it was, I think it's like 38, I feel like is so premature. And the fact that they're willing to say, you know what, we don't think he fits Jeremy Colleton's system or whatever, I feel like this is such like... It's a move that just does not seem like they gave it enough time to really like bear itself out. You mean to tell me right now that of all of the guys on the Blackhawks roster, Henry you wasn't probably the second or third best defenseman that you have in this bunch? I don't think that you can conclusively argue that right now. No. And to trade that for a guy who has, was a two, granted, First-round pick in 2016, it's not like it was that long ago. So he still has some tail. He still has some, like, ceiling that he can reach. Like, yes, I agree that he may not have the ceiling of a guy like an Adam Boquist, or maybe he's probably on par with, like, a Nicholas Bodan kind of pick. But I don't think the Blackhawks gave him enough time to kind of blend into this system, to kind of get to the point where they felt comfortable using him as a two-way defenseman I still just I feel like this is such a premature move. Yeah. Like I try I have tried really hard to see this pick from both or this trade from both sides, and I wrote about this today on NBCChicago.com. There is plenty to suggest that they did not look at him the way they look at guys like Bodan and Boquist. But the fact remains they didn't to me, they
1: didn't give him a fair shake. I don't know if you agree with that. I do. I I think you, your your point is correct that there you can look at look last year's team you could argue that he was the second best defender on that roster if you're still going to give that edge to Duncan Keith just based on experience and, and and pedigree and everything and what he still does have left in the tank you could argue that Yokoharu was your second best defenseman last year and I don't know that Anyone in Buffalo, any observer of the Sabres, observer, (laughs) observer of the Sabres. (laughs) Why is that so hard to say? (laughs) I Um, don't know. (laughs) I I don't know. It's weird. Um, Any observer. uh, (laughs) I still did it again. I did do it again. All right. You know what I'm saying? If you watch the Sabres, anyone to watch the Sabres there, no one's going to make the argument that William Nylander was that Alex Nylander was one of the top. Players on the team. Or one of the best at one specific, maybe he's oh he's our second or third best natural scorer. No, no one in no. Buffalo is saying that. No one in Buffalo is upset, and that should tell you something. That that his AHL
0: something. numbers weren't even that good. No. with the Rochester Americans, they really weren't.
1: No, they're 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 not impressive. And James, I think your take on this is absolutely correct. I, I think that the the thought of this being kind of a oh my god, he's not what we thought. Oh my god, we have a log jam at defense. Oh my god, we have to trade him for whatever we can get right now that's my biggest criticism it's not that they traded him it's that they didn't get a proper return for the prospect that level he is right i'm sorry you don't trade your top prospect for a project
0: you know, do, do you think they could have gotten a better return for him if they waited until training camp and a team had like an injury in their top four or they were like super worried about their defensive depth? I think that a little bit of desperation creeps in at that point, and they're willing to trade a little bit more for a guy like that at that
1: point. Yeah, I, I don't know what the rush was like. Look, there's nothing to indicate that he was lost. Like there's some guys you've seen play and you're like, oh, my God, this guy cannot play. Yeah, Yoko is not that no I thought that way about Gustav (laughs) Forsling well they're gonna find out aren't they but yeah they are you know what I mean it's like you look at a guy back in the old days when the Hawks were terrible like before Bill Wirtz passed before Kane and Taves there were guys on that team where you're like oh my god this guy Pavel Vorobiev is a first-round pick that cannot play in the NHL there's no chance there was no indication of that from Henry you If anything, most of my feelings for him were impressed. Like, wow, this kid's 19, a 19 year old defenseman stepping in, giving you top four minutes in play, and not looking lost, not look like he's floundering. To me, it was all encouraging. I don't know what the rush was. And if something's going to come out where he's got some sort of injury or some sort of, I don't know, situation legally or whatever. I don't know, <laughs> but like on the surface, it makes very, very little sense. And again, you want to trade Henry Okahari, you go for it. Yeah. But it, you don't trade him for a project.
0: I am not. Trust me. I am not in that boat where I'm like, oh, God, they had to like make this trade. They had such a log jam at defense like they had to do it. I'm also not in the boat of that is an untouchable guy. You cannot trade him right. under any circumstances. Look, I get it. Adam Boquist, if we are looking at it right now, Fits what Jeremy Colladin wants a defenseman to do better than Henry Okaharyu does. That's fine. Henry Okahariu was more of a Joel Hendell guy. I get it. But the that league is doesn't totally know that fine. Yet. But the point is, you traded him in this seeming act of desperation when it wasn't necessary to do it at all.
1: Exactly. That's it. That that is totally true. And maybe Alex Newlander turns into you know, a point per game player, kinda like Dylan Strome did when they traded for him. And maybe I, I
0: brought him and Drake Cajula up in my post on NBC today about yeah. that, by the way. Maybe we have seen multiple times they've brought in a forward that didn't seem to be like this elite level guy, and then he's come in and done really well here. A change of scenery has worked in Chicago recently. It just has.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you and I are kind of agreeing on this. I'm not furious it happened. I'm not, I don't think that Sam Bowman should be launched into the sun like we've gotten a couple emails about.
0: He should be held to the fire, though.
1: Sure. Th- this move will absolutely, and we said this about the Kirby Doc draft pick, too, but this move will absolutely uh, speak to his future. If Yokoharu comes out and starts the season for Buffalo and is an immediate contributor, like he was last year, by the way, and Alex Nylander remains Alex Nylander. Stan Bowman's gonna have to answer for that. And we've been we've been seeing rumors of a trade of a contract extension for Stan Bowman. If yep. I'm John McDonough and Rocky Wertz, I'm putting the brakes on that until I see how Absolutely. this one pans out.
0: And okay, you you brought up a really good point here with the Kirby Doc pick. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to bring it up, but you know what? Screw it. We're having a podcast. Let's go ahead and bring it up. If you knew, if you were this desperate, and judging by the calendar and the fact that it says July 9th, I can go ahead and say the Blackhawks were desperate to unload Henry you? why the hell did you not draft Bowen Byram? Yeah, I, I don't get it either. Like, seriously, you knew you were going to trade your probably most NHL-ready defensive prospect. You knew, you knew you were going to do that. This is not something that happened in the last week. Why on earth did you not draft Bowen Byram then, knowing that he would immediately become your top defensive prospect and could most likely fill that top four role with the Blackhawks? And I'm pounding the desk when I say this in case you can't hear it. This season. Yep. Like, why on earth would you not draft him then? Why would you draft Kirby Doc? Yes, you need your replacement for Jonathan Taves. blah, blah, blah. But if you knew you were not committed to Henry Okaharu, why on earth is Bowen Byram not wearing a Blackhawks jersey right now?
1: James, it's a great question. Uh, and there are some other elements of this trade I want to discuss as well. So let's take a quick timeout, come back. Uh, th- remember, there's a couple unanswered questions on this roster uh, that need to be addressed and i have some info uh that i haven't shared yet that i'm ex- excited to share next so stay tuned to the madhouse chicago hockey podcast welcome back to the madhouse chicago hockey podcast james neveau and jay Zawaski, with you here for a few more minutes wanted to get to something uh that i've been holding on to a little bit over the last couple weeks um and i think that today's trade the acquisition of alex nylander shed some light on that i've been told the blackhawks um obviously have been trying to move Artem and Nisimov and have struggled to find a taker. They've also been looking to move Brendan Perlini, who is not signed yet, restricted free agent. Um, and now that they've acquired Nylander, a guy who I would assume they expect to compete for a roster spot next year, if you're trading your top defensive prospect for him, I think you want an immediate contribution. If he's part of the fold next year, keep an eye on what happens with Perlini. I know they're not finding a ton of takers right now. Uh, I don't know what they're asking in return for Perlini, but maybe why not add him in to this deal with Yokoharu and get a little bit better of a return from Buffalo? I don't know. Something to keep an eye on. I don't know if they're totally sold on trading Perlini, but it's something they've tried to do since before the draft. So uh, something to keep an eye on, and I think when I saw this Nylander trade, I sort of said, hmm, because when you look at the Hawks' roster, there's not a ton of forward spots available. The Kuba League is going to play. You just traded for Andrew Shaw. You just re-signed David Kampf. You just re-signed John Quenville, who I'm not sold is going to earn a roster spot for sure. But Anton And even Whedon, if he
0: doesn't, like it's not like it's going to cost him anything. Right.
1: Anton Whedon is another guy who they signed international free agent. They still got Dylan Secura in the system. So when you start to look at the roster spots available... Perlini might be the odd man out here so eh, a little context to this Nylander trade uh as well so just something to keep an eye on as the weeks and months uh keep going but I, I am told Perlini is a the guy they have looked to move I'm not sure how aggressively but uh not sure how he fits into the Hawks plans either and that's another thing that I'm kind of like all right I wouldn't be pissed if they traded him but at the end of the year he's, he showed a little bit of, a little something I thought but you know, for the other two thirds of his time with the Hawks, he was basically invisible. So, not going to be all up in arms if they move him, but he is kind of a bigger body, which is something they lack up front. And I wonder what this also means for Kirby Doc's status next year. Did sign a d- his deal yesterday. Not a. It doesn't indicate anything for his roster status, but um, hey, the one of the reasons they took him is because they felt he was the most NHL ready of the forwards not named Hughes or Caco. So. We'll see. I don't know. This training camp is going to be very interesting. So is this Prospects camp coming up uh, next week.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that the Blackhawks clearly have like a plan at that forward spot. And you you mentioned a couple of the guys that I think are definitely kind of advancing past Brendan Perlini at this point. You're John Quenville's, uh, that kind of group. And yeah, like it's been really interesting to me that they... It seems like they offered uh, or they tendered Perlini an offer, at least, to make sure they retain his rights. But they clearly aren't overly enamored with him. Otherwise, they would assign him to an extension when they offered John Quenville and Dylan Secura uh, contracts. You know, like I I think that that's kind of a signal to me of the way they kind of look at Brendan Perlini. They kind of look at him as kind of an an expendable piece. It's interesting, though, that they have not... Uh, signed him yet it, based on the way that he played in several games last season he kind of had that Brian Bickle about him where he goes through like that spurt of games where he'll be super good and then just be a ghost for like 10 or 15 games so I think it's interesting the fact they have not signed him yet and I definitely think it adds credence to uh, your report and your sourcing that suggests that they're looking to move him
1: yeah I mean just looking here at the prospects in the system, Anton Whedon, Kirby Dock, Dominic Kubelik, three guys who we expect to compete for roster spots.
0: And also an, an interesting note. I just I'm sorry, Jay. I no. wanted to mention that Dominic Kubelik is not going to skate at prospect camp next week. I thought that was interesting that they were not going to include him in that mix to uh, skate with the rest of the guys uh, at the what is it called now? The like MB one center yeah, or forget.
1: something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, whatever corporate name they have assigned to it. But, yeah, not going to be on the ice next week.
1: Yeah, they, they expect him to be a day one everyday player. So we'll see. You also have Alex Nylander, uh To a lesser extent, Mackenzie Entwistle, who showed a little bit last year. And still Matthew, a guy I'm high on. Yeah, yeah. Matthew uh, Highmore, who played a couple games last year. Alexi Sorella, who they just traded for. Uh, John Quinville, Dylan Secura, Alex 14 is still there. I mean, there are guys who have played and had impactful contributions up front for this team, and when you look at the – and you've already got Automatic, Kane, Tave, Saad, Anisimov, they can't move him. If he's, if they can't move him, he's got to play. Yeah. You know, uh, Shaw, Kajula, Carpenter, who they just signed, he's going to play. Camp, like we said, Strom, Debrinkit. There's just not a ton of spots for Perlini. So would not surprise me if he's on another team come opening day next year.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of interesting that they went out and they added this much depth because it kind of lessens the impact of a player that you're going to get back for a Brendan Perlini, too, if you decide to trade him.
1: Yep. Well, James, it has been a really, really interesting Blackhawks offseason, to say the least. I am very anxious for the season to begin and for training camp to begin so we can answer some of these questions we've been asking for what seems like months. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a really exciting and telling year for the blackhawks and i really don't know what to expect i saw a story on nbc sports today about how the hawks are like the league's biggest wild card where they could totally bounce back and be good or it could be a total disaster lottery pick well if it's
0: a a total disaster lottery pick i think you and i can agree that stan bowman's days here are probably pretty numbered
1: agreed absolutely agreed all right let's wrap this up I know, uh, James, you got a lot going on with the All-Star Game being on, and I don't know how much more we can say about this trade until we see some uh, play on the ice. So for my partner, James Naveau, I'm Jay Zawaski. I want to thank our sponsors, as always, Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. And Rabbit Brewing, the time has come for you to drink mythological-level craft ales visit the southland legend rabid brewing in homewood illinois thanks for listening to the madhouse chicago hockey podcast james and i'll be back next week or whenever news breaks thanks for listening we always appreciate it